Hello everyone, and welcome to oh, the God. 2020 Crunchyroll Awards. My name is Vicky Gervais, very smart, smarter than you, smarter than people that do that disgusting process. And you know, I don't hate anyone, I don't hate anyone, I love everyone, except for them. Them being the out group, the people we must unite against. That being said, that being said, you know, the Christian's very dumb, very stupid, very dogmatic. And I think when you face that kind of dogma, what's important is to lock hands, lockstep, and decide what your internal rules for facing them are. <laughs> but yes, thank you all. Thank you all for coming here today. Now, I'm not particularly loved in the anime community or any community, <laughs> but I will be speaking at length anyway, and uh, I have 1995's Best Burns. For example, that pop starlet... Her personal life is pretty disorganized, didn't you know? Alright, I'm done uh, kicking sand on uh, Senor Gervais. I mean, kick all the sand you want. Kick any sand on any proud resident of Turf Island. For all <laughs> I goddamn care. Turf Island is kind of like Mirror Earth, only it's only in England. <laughs> I have a slightly more anime-related story before we get started today. Kick it off. So Sailor Moon, right? Okay. Was, at its heart, a show about how teenagers have kind of poor judgment. Right? That was the whole thing. All of the yeah, yeah, she has the biggest gun in the world, and she's not sure how to <laughs> use it or point it. Well, it's all of the villains of the week, you know, preyed upon teenage insecurities in some way, shape, or form. What was her name in Japanese? Usagi herself mm. was a, a actually very realistically flawed character. She was often, you know, kind of like superficial. She didn't always make great decisions. She felt very, very real, you know, despite, you know, being a very well-intentioned character otherwise. Which is kind of an amusing tack of that thing. And she didn't when like think... doing shit. She was kind of lazy. I remember that was a thing. Because when you think of the protagonist of the kind of person who, you know, finds the local equivalent of Excalibur. Mm -hmm. But even so, there was an episode in which one of them had a cold, but still needed to do her Sailor Scout shit, right? And what does yeah. she do? She shows up with a mask, because even in a show about how teenagers are kind of fucking stupid, she could fucking wear a mask. Not even for her own benefit, but for everyone else's benefit. Well, Sam, let me tell you, after two and a half weeks curled up into a fucking feverish ball... It's a fucking hoax. There definitely is no virus. I was coughing because I love attention. I, I did the whole pukey thing once or twice because I love attention. My, um, my Fuck partner's sense of taste is still gone and they are actively really fucking depressed about it. And I do not blame them. I am not even half as strong as I was before all of this. I have been struggling to get back there, but it's probably going to take me at least a month. I think that in the midst of my fever dreams, just sort of replaying the past, I actually took, like, World of Darkness derangements. Like, I think I actually had alignment drifts <laughs> locked in. They have this thing in New York, probably other places too, but I can only speak to New York City on this one. Where if you have the Roni and family or roommates or any multi-person living situation, they will take you to these isolation fucking hotels. Mm-hmm. These are places where the food is only technically that. Mm. And to make sure you're not dead, I understand why they do it, but to make sure you're not dead, they have to interrupt you every four hours. Do you know why this matters? 
Now, a non-sick human being is going to try to sleep for around eight hours, right? Mm-hmm. A sick human being might be kicking towards 12. That means three times throughout your rapid eye movement sleep, you will feel a rage unlike anything <laughs> in your fucking lifetime. As they typically say, wellness check. Are you alive still? And you have to not say... Please say yes. You have to avoid saying something like, wellness check my dick. Because you are technically being held by the state at this moment. Mm -hmm. And it's really easy to turn that into a bad narrative. (laughs) (laughs) See, um, for my part, uh, we... Morgan and I knew that there was no way that they weren't catching it. They they caught it, you know, a couple of days after I did uh, from me. Uh, but so we were here and here in my apartment is my, if I do say so myself, pretty impressive liquor collection. Mm. Uh, but the thing is that even to get through the day in bed, I was uh, I was taking a irresponsible amount of ibuprofen. <laughs> So there I am, hopped up on ibuprofen, <laughs> lumbering around my apartment, miserable, looking for something to do. And there's Elijah Craig being like, Hey, Seth, you want a drink? I got death sticks. You want to not feel things as much anymore? <laughs> and then I tell Elijah, no, no, if I do it, there's a chance I don't feel anything other than my stomach bleeding. <laughs> say you can have up to three drinks a day while, while taking ibuprofen. Yeah, but I'm taking a lot of ibuprofen. I'm extremely sick, and also I'm extremely sick and shouldn't be drinking otherwise. You're right. We should only do two tall drinks. Cocktails. Make sure they're cocktails. Long Islands. <laughs> You're not even in a Long Island. I know. I don't want to die. I'm already only half full. <laughs> anyway, I guess my point here is I don't hate you if you think differently than me about this issue. Mm-hmm. Except I fucking do. <laughs> <laughs> you useless piece of shit. <laughs> I could have died. Man. All right, so as you can tell from the fucking little Ricky Gervais kind of riff before, they recently had the, uh, whatchamacallit, Crunchyroll Awards. The fifth, uh, the fifth annual Crunchyroll, Crunchyroll Anime Awards. Right. Uh, and this this episode is going to be our rundown on the results of uh, those awards. And, you know, just a little conversation about uh, about the various nominees, what has been nominated, what has not been nominated. You know, just whether I feel like, you know, a certain entry deserved to win or lose. I don't know. I don't know what he's talking about. So here is a little bit of the meta for you, for those of you who like to, you know, track the game. Mm-hmm. I have not seen these results yet. Sam has seen all of them. Yes. I've also not seen all of these shows yet. Um, oh, yeah, that is I will, an issue. Uh, I've seen most of them at this point. Like, I'm going through all of it. I've seen a lot of these shows. I've seen maybe, like, 75%, at least a few episodes of 75% of these shows, give or take. Unfortunately, as anime fans and podcasters, I think we only see, like, 87 shows a year. <laughs> <laughs> it's It's always more... Looking back at the year, it's always more than I thought it was. It's, uh... I always feel like I'm almost some fake weeb who, you know, is not doing this for 18 hours a day. (laughs) You know, like a real fucking weeb would. This has not completely consumed my life. But, you know, I'll I'll go back and I'll be like, Oh, no, I've watched something like like two or three dozen shows this year. Yeah, what are you going to do with your anime pension? (laughs) God, I think they may owe you more than... Company... 
he works for does. <laughs> Spend it on Pocky again. I don't know. What am I expected to do? <laughs> okay. So we'll start uh, at the bottom categories uh, okay. and then move our way, you know, through the evening. You know, sort of, sort of how they announced Best Picture last, that kind of thing. Cool. So Best Fantasy is going to, uh, the lineup is going to be uh, Tower of God, uh, Dragon Quest, The Adventure of Dai, Doro Hidoro, uh, Decadence, Ascendance of a Bookworm, Season 2, and the winner... <sighs> oh, oh, you pause. It's Isekai. It's fucking Isekai. Zero Season 2. <laughs> okay. So CPAC is coming up. CPAC is coming CPAC up. CPAC is coming up, and they're about... They're about to basically surrender to fascism, more or less. <laughs> and this is kind of what that feels like. Fantasy, you know, as a genre, surrendering to isekai. It's fucking grim, because I have no idea how good or bad it is, right? But a sort of generic mainline isekai one, yes, generic, fight me. And It's extremely generic. Interestingly enough, though, only two, arguably three, of the... Uh, Arguably three of the entries were... Actually, no, that's still 50% of the entries. No, that's bad. This is bad. This is bad. But my point... Mainline sort of fantasy isekai thing one, right? Mm -hmm. Dragon Quest, but not. Well, I have no idea how good or bad it is. One of these shows is literally a Dragon Quest adaptation. It's true, yeah. You couldn't at least have chosen something fucking closer (laughs) to the source zombie? What the fuck? You play Dragon Quest 3, by the way? A lot of fun. But... No, yeah, no, they're they're fine games yeah. when I'm playing them. Another <laughs> <laughs> thing I would say about uh, Dragon Quest? Mm-hmm. A lot more kicking around to those little settings they come up for those than in your uh, average fucking isekai. It, isekai's like a fucking imitation of an imitation of a parody of a memory. Yeah, no, it's it's what literally any idiot could ever understand about a JRPG setting. Having played it or not. It's like a fucking low-tier SNL sketch about a topic. Like, they're not really directly familiar with it. It's a mad TV sketch about the topic. Yeah, it's a mad TV sketch about, like, Dragon Quest. Sorry, Will Sasso. I do love your, uh... I did love your vines. (laughs) (laughs) And here we are with it, I guess, I don't know, leading the charge of what the genre is at the moment. And I know things come and go... But boy, is it annoying to just sort of watch it do its Trip H reign of terror. What sucks is that Dora Hidoro was up for best fantasy. So it's not like they completely snubbed it. Right. It was up for the award at the very least. Like they acknowledged the existence of other things. Of like the better fantasy series and then just went with fucking Isekai. Now, before we roll further, I should ask for my own contextualization. Is this one of those committee panel kind of votes or one of those mass fan kind of votes? Panel of judges. A panel of judges. Oh, categories can be added or removed depending on fan popularity over the past years as well as fan feedback. All right. So I'm going to be that guy. No, and then voted on by the community. Okay. Panel of judges and voted on by the community. We could be Jim Cornette here. It turns out got past the fucking panel of judges. <laughs> they put the second shittiest country roll original, Tower <laughs> of God, <laughs> in the top fantasy franchises. If I have to hand anything to Tower of God, it's that it definitely feels like its own thing. It's just that its own thing is not too particularly interesting. 
I guess that's an angle. I guess enough things might be chopped and screwed into that stew to at least not literally be fucking... It, it just tired. fucking astounds me how, like, I will look at people who stand for Tower of God and talk about their favorite moments in Tower of God, and their favorite moments in Tower of God are some character shilling for another character. Jeez. It's, it's, it's fucking astounding. Like, what has been done to these people? <laughs> Is their favorite part of an NBA game just some guy sitting on a stool? He's on the team's top three. But he's just talking about how great MJ used to be and how he's an inspiration. I feel like my favorite moment of an NBA game would be, you know, like, when, you know, the, the camera, you know, pans across and there's Jack Nicholson. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's a... All right, hit me with the next category. All right, best couple. Uh, what? Yeah, you don't care. Fuck I know. Me. What? <laughs> <laughs> I know you don't care. All right. So the uh, the entries were uh, Lagoshi and Haru from B Stars, Kuroko Iwanaga and Kuro Sakuragawa from Inspector. I remember Inspector. Uh, we got Kaguya and Shiragane from Kaguya-sama: Love Is War. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chizuru Mizuhara and Kazuya Kinoshida from uh, Rent a Girlfriend. Katarina Clace and Maria Campbell from My Next Life is a Villainess. And uh, the winners, Nasa Yuzaki and Tsukasa Yuzaki from Tonikawa Over the Moon for You. I watched some of Over the Moon for You on my own. It is inoffensive. Inoffensive. So that means this award show is already looking up. Uh, it's a, it is a decent, you know, kind of rom-com about just a couple who more it's less about their relationship and more about them navigating the ins and outs of you know just being a married couple in modern japan like navigating that world that's kind of it's kind of neat okay like and they were perfectly cute um there could be something there who cares though because no kaguya and shiragane are the most interesting couple that i have seen in an anime in a decade and continue to be I'm going to... And this is even after Rent-A-Girlfriend blew my expectations the fuck out of the water and became one of my favorite anime of the year. That was a fucking surprise. I'm going to move sideways on this one. Mm -hmm. I did not feel a rage from my stomach or base at their selections. Why this is a category in an award show that you ask me to use my human time watching. (laughs) Listen, listen. I know this is the meanest thing I say as a critic, mm-hmm. but we have a limited amount of time alive before we die. <laughs> so every now and then consider, do you want someone to use a little bit of that time <laughs> on the information you are putting on the fucking screen? Because <laughs> I'm not so sure for uh, the best couple nomination. And I don't know, maybe I understand how it happens. Like, it's not even a particularly an anime-focused thing. It's just that whole, I don't know, parasocial kind of shipping culture but it's still a waste of my fucking time like i'm not gonna say like you know weebs suck or studios suck but as a species nation slice of culture whatever fucking greater unit mm-hmm. inspect yourselves <laughs> i'm uh i'm a part ways with you on this one chief i uh, i'm here for it you're here for it well I have continuously represented the great darkness. I'm here for that it just fine. a little bit. Okay, best score. Best score. 
Uh, and this was oh, a year. Oh, wait, is this what is this where Sawano tears his This was a year open? where uh this was a year where Sawano was not even in the running because I don't think that's Oh, he's not even on season four. Uh there was no Sawano show um this year, near oh, as I could tell. Oh, so it's one of those years where like Okada walks around with balloons or something. Exactly. Or, you know, like John Williams isn't doing anything. Alright, well, I don't know. I'm excited for this one. Okay. Well, actually these days it's been Michael Giacchino. It's a year that Michael Giacchino is not doing anything. Okay, so we have Yutaka Yamada for The Great Pretender, uh, Satoru Kosaki for Beastars, uh, Urutaichi uh, for Keep Your Hands Off Isaacin, Kensuke Yoshido for Japan Sinks 2020. Did not watch that one. We need to do that. Should. Uh, it's, it's Masaki Yuasa, man. Uh, Elisa uh, Okahazama for The God of High School, and the winner, Kevin Pinkin for Tower of God. Tower of I'm God had to... fine music, as I remember. It was definitely not a point against the series. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt in that I was kind of glazed over by a lot of other stuff. Mm-hmm. So I might not have noticed a particularly strong yeah, If score. the music was really good, I was more just angry at how like sneakily generic this show was. I will say that even just judging by the um, Crunchyroll original favoring Judges' selections, um, it seems to have been a strong Sonic year for, for um, anime. I'm going to say that uh, Yutaki Yamada deserved it for Great Pretender. I fucking love the frenetic little jazz score uh, going yeah, on yeah, in yeah. that show. I think it was a beautiful accompaniment to the sort of... Uh, it had one of my favorite ED music selections. Oh, okay. Well, that was just Freddie Mercury. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, it was great. And that entire, that entire ending sequence was fantastic as well. I love the opening sequence to the whole, like, Sid Bass thing that they're doing. Honestly, in the last couple of years, people fucking love Sid Bass. And <laughs> I will see shit that Sid Bass inspired fucking everywhere. Uh, which, you know, honestly, yeah, he deserves the love. He was awesome. There's no stopping an idea whose time has come. That's the expression, right? Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, I feel like I feel like uh, that was something that uh, Tally Rand said. Oh, man. I love that, man. He is the star of revolutions for me. <laughs> he is such a time. I think the like the worst thing that ever happened to him was that he fell out of relevance later on in life. Okay, I'll, like if that's the worst thing that ever happens to me, he should have fell out of relevance earlier because he should have cashed his chips out earlier. <laughs> you lunatic! <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking star! All right. Keep your hands off, Isaac, and I do remember that having real good music. That was also yeah. pre-pandemic 2020, so I don't really remember a whole lot about that part of the year. I remember Keep Your Hands Off, Isaac. I remember it being fantastic. As literally just the last good thing to happen before the <laughs> coronavirus. Like, in my memory, that's like... You know, you think of like the fucking Backstreet Boys before 9-11. They weren't that... They weren't good, but like okay. just a thing that happened. A thing that happened. As a weeb, I just think of... In my brain, it's Isaac and coronavirus. <laughs> For me, it was Cats, Isaac and coronavirus. Because <laughs> here's the thing that happened. You know, I, we went and saw Cats, and then literally the next day, the whole thing with Iran happens. Right. And we were pretty, we were, you know, teetering on maybe, maybe that we get involved in, you know, a second, you know, 2003 or worse. That did suck. Uh, but, uh, okay, then that didn't happen. But something even worse then happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess, so I guess we're lucky that isolationism won the day in the room at that moment. Okay, no, best no, no. comedy. All right, hit me with them nominees and winners. Okay. 
The nominees are The Misfit of the Demon King Academy. Eat my ass. Eat my fucking asshole. <laughs> the Jesus entire Christ. fucking thing. Really get in there. Uh, Sleepy Princess in the Demon Castle. Uh, my next life as a villainist. All roots lead to doom. Oh my god, these fucking isekai titles are so fucking obtuse. <laughs> I can barely fucking say them anymore. Keep your hands off, Isaacan. Interesting that they count that as a comedy. Okay. Uh, Kakushi Goto, my dad's secret ambition. And the winner, Kagusama Love is War Season 2. I'm conflicted about this because no, no fucking show made me laugh harder than Kagusama on this list. But I feel like Kakushi Goto never really got the recognition that it deserved this year. Um, I tend to be a... Uh... When it comes to awards, I tend to keep an absolute value kind of mindset. Like, things can definitely be underboosted or overboosted, but I don't think that an awards show's job is necessarily to prop up an underdog, if that makes sense. Not its job, no. I think Akushi Goto may have been doing something a bit more unique in terms of writing about writing that didn't make my eyeballs bleed. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was the other thing, because, like, usually this stuff sucks the life out of Denard. <laughs> Um, but Kaguya-sama is also a rom-com that I straightforwardly enjoy and rank among the better things that happen, and I'm me, so that's also an achievement. I want to talk for a second, because of my personality disorder, Okay. about all the dooms on this list, like... How much doom is there on this? Misfit of Demon King Academy, My Next Life as a Villainess. Mm-hmm. Evil Con Carne came out, like, ten years ago, right? <laughs> like, this isn't, like, this brilliant new idea you've had of an arch thing from a typical villain's perspective. Like, I remember playing fucking Overlord. That's one point. My point. That the Misfit of the Demon King Academy is on this list. If you are a person, if you are the person who loved that show and wanted it to win. You are enough of a boring asshole <laughs> that the My Balls or Ow My Balls show from Idiocracy would just, you know, be something that you talked about with your friends at the water cooler. <laughs> you would really get into, you know, like the deep nuances of that show. You'd probably have a favorite ship. Literally, there could be just a monkey with symbols on TV 24-7, and you'd watch that. <laughs> so, um, given that literally uh. anyone could do anything, and it would make you laugh, and you would... <laughs> More! Um, I don't really feel like you need uh, your favorite show to win anything. Be the, the way that, you know, someone <laughs> like me might. That it might get some sort of recognition, you know that it didn't get in more popular circles. So, because life is so simple for you, I, uh, I, I, I ask you to be a little bit more gracious. I don't wish that person any ill. Because that is alien life to me. And alien life, the first contact needs to be understood, communicated with. Can there be peace between our people? <laughs> As your fascinating alien culture, born without the parts of the brain that produce and process humor, <laughs> what has that done to your values? Can we learn from you? <laughs> Are there lessons? 
At the end of the day, I do think that Kaguya-sama deserved to win, though. I was laughing literally front to back every single episode, and this is the it season is. that produced the show host segment and the underwear segment. It's honestly the show that it has some of the best jokes in the division mm-hmm. and does less of the thing I hate of repeating the punchline, and I know. Oh, I yeah, know so much of Japanese comedy is rooted in manzai tradition. Where the joke is more the person's reaction than the thing. Mm-hmm. Translated to the comics and animation formats without explicitly being a fucking man's eye couplet. It still fucking sucks. It still fucking sucks, yes. I, you need to have a reaction to the thing that happens that's more than just saying what happened and how and why it was ridiculous. And thankfully, Kaguya-sama understands that. Yeah. And yeah, no, the uh the underwear bit was the hardest I had laughed at an anime since prison school. Easy. Even harder than uh than the other uh, the first season. I do not think that I ever quite got to that level of about to suffocate uh in the first season, and I absolutely did get there in the second season. I wonder I think the three times I've laughed hardest in my fucking life mm-hmm. are the makeover gag from Clone High. <laughs> yeah. The Sonata from prison school. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And this might be an IQ revealer here, by the way. But fucking sort of tonal contrast jokes will always get me a little. Mm -hmm. And I know there are more character-driven jokes in Kaguya, and this might actually be more of a manga thing. I forget how much attention has gone to the anime. But... The ramen emperors. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> oh, the ramen emperors was a good one. The, um... There was just so much going on in the underwear sketch, right? Between him sort of instinctually sketching out his favorite pair of underwear without even fucking thinking about it, to Kaguya fantasizing over what she would do if she saw... Shiragane's underwear and how ultimately inconsequential a victory it would be. (laughs) (laughs) And it is sort of, you know, her surrendering to her baser instincts that she likes to, uh, that she likes to pretend are not actually present from a humor standpoint, from a character standpoint, from a, just a, the purest distillation of Kaguya-sama's formula, that fucking sketch for me was one of the most perfect things about that entire show. And that was, I'm pretty sure, the same episode as the show host sketch, which, again, fucking gut-busting. And if you like mm. that one better than uh, better than the underwear one, then that's a completely defensible position right there. I, I, I would understand. God, the fucking glitter. Okay, best drama. All right, this might be a curveball. Alright, so, uh, Somali in the Forest Spirit. Sing Yesterday for Me, Japan Sinks 2020, Great Pretender, Beastars, and the winner, uh, Fruits Basket Season 2. I watched two of these shows. <laughs> three, I watched three three of these shows. I watched uh, some of Sing Yesterday for Me. This may be showing a bit of inherent bias in Weeaboo Hell, though I would like to point out we did watch drama film, mm-hmm. but as an anime film, not just, I'm not talking about randomly throwing my... 3D viewing habits to defend my Wii Weeaboo yeah. ones. I will say I am kind of disappointed. I don't know, maybe I was, maybe I'm being a hypocrite here, because 
I said that thing in the comedy category about it's not really the job to uplift the underdog, but Fruits Basket is some gratitude era shit to be putting <laughs> this category. Like, and the winner of the Royal Rumble Edge. Like, I'm familiar with this. I'm only familiar with Fruits Basket. The, the, the one thing is that I cannot... I never read it. I never watched the first show where they all had really fucking weird eyes. Um, <laughs> maybe it's that people are just very, very grateful that they no longer have really fucking weird eyes in this one. Uh, that could very well be it. For my money, I would, I would, I would say Great Pretender. That's my pick for this. Um, having seen B Star's Great Pretender and seen Yesterday for me, although, actually, no, no, as a drama, as a drama. I think that I liked what Sing Yesterday for me was doing a little bit better. Uh, because I would I would call Great Pretender more of an adventure uh, series. I think that would be accurate. Like, it's... It has good dramatic wheels within it, but it's sort of focused on this heist Mailu. And um, maybe Japan Sings 2020 is the, uh, is the best one of these, in fact, because A, Misaki was... I, I just have not watched it yet, um... We give you all so much of our time. Please forgive us. <laughs> I just never got that. a chance. I, I watched one Yuasa show last year. Forgive us the four important shows we don't see every year. <laughs> uh, but no, I like I like seeing yesterday for it. It was just about unhappy people. <laughs> okay, uh, best fight scene. All right, interesting. I'm gonna learn something about people's values today. Maybe they're line of mine. Maybe I just glare at all of you passive aggressively like an ex girlfriend at a party. Let's find out. Okay, so we got Satoru Gojo versus Ryomin Sakuna from Jujutsu Kaisen. Jin Mori versus uh, Jigultek from uh, God of High School. Jin Mori versus Han Daiwi, God of High <laughs> My School. My fucking god! My fucking dude! <laughs> Brawler versus Master from Akadama Drive. Did not watch Akadama Drive. Uh, Burkuli versus Dark God Vector from Sword Art... Uh, the, the latest Sword Art Online. Um... <laughs> And Deku versus Overhaul, the winner from My Hero Academia. All right, so the serious two contenders are Deku versus Overhaul and Jin Mori versus Hyundai Wii here. Uh, let's break down. So this is actually a values question. It is, yeah. Because ultimately, the Deku versus Overhaul thing has the best dramatic framing. Yes. And it like is a character through action story. And as a secondary thing... Overall, still has my favorite superpower thrown into something lately. They also did the whole fucking Gurren Lagan thing where they saved most of the budget for that season for that fight. Yeah, that thing is Sakaguchi. <laughs> like, like, holy shit, guys! What a, what a fucking gamble that was. Now, Jin Mori versus Han is just a guy who has, like. One of those cyberpunk eye injector information feeds of fucking kung fu flicks from the last 20 years <laughs> hooked up to his brain. Oh, that just that just more felt to me like if you go to, you know, various places like in Venice, right? You could go to like a glass blowing studio and you can watch, you know, this, you know, this 87 year old glass blower who's been doing this for you know, about 80 percent or so of his life. You just like <laughs> work with the fucking tools and shape, you know, just this random piece of sand basically into this beautiful you know glass vessel or whatever that you know all these brilliant colors that you've <laughs> never even fucking seen before just watching that master at work that's what the the uh the jin Mori versus hyundai we fight felt like i think that i think that's a good argument now between the two of them i appreciate both of these i would give it to the 
I know the plot of the whole show gets wobbly. We're judging a fight scene, so fight me. I'll give it to the Jin Han thing just because it is the less floaty of the two blocking-wise, geographically. It's more conscious of, of weight. Yeah, okay. And I think that's... It's not a lost art in anime, but I live in fucking fear that it is just becoming a minority. Oh, just, yeah, no, just the, the, the over, uh, the oversaturation of ting, 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 ting. Ex- exactly, exactly. Yes. And, well, um, Deku vs. Overhaul isn't guilty of that. This, this has more of it. This has more of that type of meat to it. Mm-hmm. And maybe in an era where everything else has this problem, this is getting that punk rock bonus for me. Sure. I think the other thing is that as really fucking awesome as it is to watch the Deku versus Overhaul fight, and it was. It, it honest to God was. I was having such a fun time. As a fight, it does feel more like a victory lap than an actual story being told the way that the Jin Mori versus Hyundai Wii fight mm-hmm. uh, did because I wasn't really certain who was going to win that fight. I was absolutely 110% <laughs> certain that Deku was coming out of that one with the strap. <laughs> that is true. That was uh, his U.S. championship coronation, I think. So, it's not like I'm even upset that uh, Deku V. Overhaul won, um, won this one. But I do kind of wish that God of High School got a little bit more recognition. Um, just in general, this uh, from, from this show, because you're going to see it get snubbed again and again. I think that what probably closes the gap a bit mm-hmm. is that anime fans, and I'm not going to say something dicky here, but I think that anime fans have a sort of maybe conditioned greater appreciation for the bleeding arm, shouting Kia, meteor approaching the earth kind of moment. Okay, sure. And there are all kinds of terrible and great executions of that. There's also the uh, the and thing... this is sort of a good yeah one. <laughs> There's also um, the thought to consider is the long term storytelling kind of aspect of uh, you know Deku v Overhaul versus Jin Mori and Hyundai. I mean, like you know one you're you're watching you know this step on Deku's journey, this very very long journey that yeah. somehow just has involved so little filler, and it makes me so happy to this day uh versus you know i want to say that this was like six or seven episodes into god of high school which you know was a 12 episode season no i think this was three episodes in no it was like getting towards the oh oh, no yeah Yeah. i'm I'm, I'm screwing it up yeah you're right yeah uh but like so, so maybe there's that to consider where you know people had had more time to to get invested and you know put a little bit more stock in that long term storytelling than in you know the really I thought pretty efficient booking, I guess, of Jin Mori versus Hyundai. We, you know, given the mm-hmm. amount of time that they have to get us invested in both of these characters and up to now. I, I guess the weird thing, and it's it makes like isolated categories like this kind of hard. Mm-hmm. The upper bound of our appreciation of something of it is sort of limited by the stuff around it. Yeah, and Tower of God might legitimately have a fantastic soundtrack, and I just don't appreciate any of the other shit happening. Yeah. And so there is a way that everything around a thing can color it. And my my hero Academia, I don't. Know, it has. I guess why it got the popular win is that it has maybe more going on around the fight scenes. Sure. Okay. Whereas I would just flat out say I think God of High School would get my win. Wait, okay. For, yeah. for us, but absolutely. That's my rambling thought there. Sure. 
All right, on to best character design. The entries are Yoshiki Sadamoto and Hirotaka Kato for The Great Pretender. Uh, Rubiko Takahashi. Holy shit. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, that one. Rubiko Takahashi and Yoshihito uh, Hishinuma for uh, Yashihime, Princess Half Demon. That, oh, the Inuyasha sequel thing, the right? The Inuyasha sequel thing, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's amazing that people are talking about character design. There's, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's so oh, much yeah, other yeah, shit yeah. going why, on. Why couldn't it get best couple? <laughs> I'm going to contextualize this one for for those of you. Uh... Wait, hold on, let me go through all okay, the nominees. Okay. <laughs> okay, Naoyuki Asano, original designs by Sumito Uwara for Keep Your Hands Off Isaacan, uh, which is a manga adaptation. Masashi Kudo and Miho Tonino, original designs by SIU for Tower of God. Uh, okay, even if you like Tower of God, really? They weren't that great. Janice Chan and Yusuke Yoshigaki for BNA, Brand New Animal. and they the popped. And the winner, uh, Mayuka Ito, original designs by Ira Aida for Toilet Bound Hanako-kun. I did not watch this show. God damn it. I keep on... <laughs> I can't, I missed this one entirely. This was when I was going through these uh, these results. This was the first time Dude, I'd actually. Heard I was of so this excited one. for this category when you're listing all the other nominees because it was thing I knew, thing, thing I knew, thing I was familiar. Thing I, fuck, fuck, god damn. All right, well maybe it deserved it. I don't actually know what those character designs looked like. Uh, my it's not my a votes title, for you my votes me. for fucking Isaacin. They just I. I, those character designs, and there was literally just, like, those three characters, right? But they packed so much fucking personality into such simple fucking shapes. I might be with you. Let's run through these one by one, actually. Okay. Let, me, let, me, let me gather my feelings. Right, so, it's a great pretender. Great pretender. Really good. Everyone really good. Just, the personalities are coming through. They, they do not do the, you know, thing where they all just have different haircuts. Everyone looks very much like their own character, right? I remember... Yeah, yeah. I mean, just like, okay, so if you haven't even seen all of uh, Great Pretender, I've seen about half of it at this point, um, because it's arc-based, right? You can just yeah. go by the arc, right? So let's go talk about the first arc, because I imagine that's the one that everyone who's watched any of this show has seen. Right? All right, and, uh, you know, spoilers and all that. And spoilers, right? No, it's all right, just... so, yeah, the drug arc, okay. So you've got, you know, the main three, you've got that film producer, you've got his, uh, you've got his, you know, bodyguard who, you know, kind of wants out a little bit because he's got a kid, you have... That kid, you have, you know, the cop who's chasing them. You have, like, the FBI agent uh, who's chasing all of them. Yeah. Right? And, 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 but, like, I don't necessarily remember their names, uh, but, like, I always will remember, you know, what they looked like and the personality that these designs conveyed. Oh, yeah, like, the second you see, like, an Abby or the main guy, it's very efficient character design and it just does a really good job of giving the show its own look and personality. So I I'm gonna definitely give, respect that as a nomination. I'm going to give yeah. a shout out to Abigail Smith's character design uh, in that it seemed to almost be an intentional uh, evocation of Revy from Black Lagoon. I, oh, don't, oh, yeah. I don't know this for certain, but this is my little tinfoil hat theory. As a Black Lagoon friend, I definitely appreciate it. So another one that I thought was good and... Honestly, better than maybe other elements of the show is, I mean, brand new animal. Yeah. Trigger, trigger is trigger. Trigger is trigger. They do, they do this thing good, guys. Good character designs, about seven episodes in, I was saying, this is a little stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. BNA just as a series, I just, every single episode, I was just wondering, what are you, uh, what are you, what are you going for here, guys? <laughs> uh, and I never got an answer to that question, unfortunately. I mean, you got... 
several answers. I got, I got quite a few, uh, often contradictory. <laughs> like, here's the thing. I will put it above a whole bunch of shit this year because at the very least it, it, it made me ask questions while I was, I mean, uh, it's frenetic and I really enjoy the fucking baseball episode. Oh, that was fun. Yeah. My problem with it, not my, not a huge problem and not a show ruiner. It's a good, it's a good ride overall. Mm-hmm. Which is better than their previous offering, so good job, guys. Yeah, I mean, but they it, just needed it to be better than Darling and the Franks. It did that fucking thing where... This isn't quite a cliche level, but it's like one of those things where I sort of will squint a little. Where it's like, I am the ancient god version of your species or faction. <laughs> but it ends with him fighting a glowing three-headed wolf version of himself. So they went kind of all fucking JRPG with this. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of the JRPG thing, and I'm... Which, I, I, I just... I'm um, just there, like... Just to, to, to set the record straight, not a fan of when JRPGs do that. Not a big fan of of the whole... You know, it's it's sort of treated as this kind of kind of joke, like this didn't joke among the fandom, where, you're like, you start out fighting some random slime, you know, right outside your hometown, and it's a bunch of kids, and then it ends with killing God or whatever. And after the 50th fucking time that they do this, there's really very little left to say about any of it. But it, it's muddled because, like, three-headed glowing yellow wolf god man mm-hmm. is, is, like, in this elite family that pretends to be human but are actually the ancient beasts that rule over both, both or whatever... You started out with this racial sexual. What politics. are you fucking doing, guys? <laughs> Listen. What does any of this mean? Unless there are three men in pink suits that secretly form the Illuminati. Or we should be talking. We should be talking about the character designs. Character design. Okay, sorry. BNA. I'm. I'm pretty sure. Oh. Oh yes. That's. Oh yes. I would say that BNA is a good bronze medalist because even stupid glowing three-headed wolf men looked good. Look good. Yeah. Uh, between. Keep your hands off Isaac and great pretender. I would I would say, yeah, Isaac wins this for me personally. Um, not having seen Toilet Bound, uh, Hanako kun. Oh um where are the rest of the character design entries? Uh, we, go we've to... got uh, Tower of God and uh Yashihime were the other right. two entries. Tower Tower of God is out. Yasuhime, okay, I've taken I mean, a look. Rumiko Takahashi is a very good character designer. They look fine. My issues are outside of character design. Yeah, yeah, I mean like that's the uh I don't even know if I want to fucking get into this. We just spent the last couple of episodes just it's really fucking getting our hands dirty when maybe the best thing to do would have been to not get our hands dirty and I referring obliquely to uh to uh Hewler right now. All right, let's move on to the next category. Oh, before we get uh <laughs> before not... this becomes the rest of the episode. Yeah, I'm not qualified to save anyone. I can only send letter bombs and that's wrong or something everyone tells me they tell me it's illegal all right what, what, what do we got all right so next category best animation and the entries are uh the god of high school the f- princess connect redot oh wow it's i'm my- about to yell some racial slurs <laughs> <sighs> okay let's just work our way the rest of the way through this list okay jujutsu kaisen uh it was well animated uh <laughs> It is well animated. Is I, well animated. I will not dispute the claim that it's well animated. It's just what it is animating is stupid. Mm-hmm. But I don't uh, know. In theory, you can make a artisanally detailed, interesting angles, good cinematography, just anal porno, and you could still win this category. So you know, <laughs> fine, fine, sure. All right, great pretender, wit, you know, fucking, you know, batting a fucking a thousand. I'm pretty sure. Uh, B stars. 
I've seen there's a little there's stuff about Beastart. Ultimately, I was thumbs down on this show. Um, mm-hmm. Though I do recognize its virtues, I um, I'll get into it later when we're talking about something other than animation. In terms of animation, I still find the fucking CGI thing really fucking distracting when it is the only thing that's being used. Totally, totally fair. It is a demon that this format is going to have to slay at some point. <laughs> and the winner for best animation, keep your hands off eyes again. Yes. Hard to dispute. All right, let's talk silver medalists. <laughs> Who did that's the second best animated show? The second best I um oh man. Is it Princess Reconnect? Because I don't fucking How think it is. How the fuck did that make it onto this list? Did it sneak in in a fucking mask? I, I swear to god. Panels in award shows are a mistake, but so are audience. Maybe award shows are a mistake. I don't fucking know. I don't. Fa- maybe they are. I don't know. We can. We can definitely. They're definitely good for generating content. That's for goddamn certain. I was looking it up. Seventy percent of the vote is by the judges, and then thirty percent is by you know the general public. Ah. Um, so that a bunch of like morons can't get interspecies reviewers, you know, to win anime of the year but it's not like they're being completely david hume about it although sometimes i wish they would be <laughs> god princess connect redive i saw that show i saw the first three and theoretically most expensive episodes of the show i saw the last bit of it too are I- they trying to convince me are they trying to convince me that the tit jiggle physics on princess connect redive are what should qualify it for best animation. Nah, man, we Um, grew up with Dead or Alive 4. We know what real jiggle physics look like. (laughs) Because that was the only bits of animation that I was fucking noticing. And in case it has been forgotten, it's been a while since I've mentioned it, I am ace. I don't give a shit. (laughs) It was just that fucking obvious that I could not help but notice it. Technically, a still and moving breast have the same number of atoms, observes. (laughs) (laughs) Observes our best card here. I don't fucking understand. All right, so... All right, so uh, for me, it's between Great Pretender and God of High School. Hold on. I'm I'm, I'm thinking here. I think the direct... I am so wary of this internal bias of, like, is it disqualified because it's stupid? Because I didn't like it, yeah. Because that was a really expensive-looking volcano man shooting generic fire energy in his battle zone. Yeah, but it did... It did look expensive. I don't know, but... Direction is sort of a part of how you sort of take animation, and... No, that's got its own category. Oh, this okay, fine. No, I think it's the God of High School. Between the two, like, like remember that first fucking oh, battle remember royale? Street, remember the Street Fighter Inc. No, I, it, which one? Oh, um, Street Fighter Four had this whole gimmick where, in, in all of its cutscenes and promo material, it had like that sort of um, watercolor look. Sure, yeah. And God of High School. God of War High School did that sometimes. Yeah, I think I for the fact that it's literally just a fucking tournament arc with weird webtoon shit thrown in, um. They did a whole bunch of interesting experimental shit in God of High School that I really appreciated, which I think would qualify it for the silver medal because nothing is fucking touching Isaacin. They're keeping their hands the fuck off. That, that is that is quite true. 
Man, by the way, great pretender. It's still love, still love the whole color spread. Just, oh, it was just, just it's just such a fucking joy to watch, uh, to watch that show. Just yeah, again, in terms of uh, production design, uh, its character designs, and of course, its animation. I, I, I would say that a God of High School's animation impressed me a little bit more. Although Great Pretenders was just always base level great. All right. I'm going to bring the intellectual question to its apex. Sure. Because you give a shit about what happened in Great Pretender, and you don't give a shit about what happened in Jujutsu Kaisen. Or what am I rating? But who, gives a, but who gets the bronze there, then? I did not notice as many static-ass scenes in Great Pretender as I did in Jujutsu Kaisen. And I recognize that static-ass scenes are just a part of Sakuga. That's the shit that you don't <laughs> spend money on so that you can spend money on the really cool shit. But there were more of them in Jujutsu Kaisen than there were in Great Pretender. In Great Pretender, it always seemed like stuff was moving in a realistic sort of way. Not in like a... um. Not in a way in, in, in that they were trying to have everything be moving and it was exhausting or anything. No, just sort of in the way that things are always moving in the real world. Ah. Uh, and, you know, in Jujutsu Kaisen, yeah, every now and again, you would just... And, and, and like, even in, even in uh, Great Pretender, but I just think less so, you would just have that scene where the dude is sitting there with some mouth flaps. And, like, that, it's not an unforgivable sin. Like, it's not unforgivable every sin, fucking anime has done this because yeah. you have the money that you have and you have to spend it the way that you do. I just found that uh, Jujutsu Kaisen did it more. Uh, it. And that is what gives it uh, the bronze medal in my head. And like, you, mean, you mean Great Pretender? Yeah, Great Pretender gets a bronze medal. Yeah. yeah. Next up on the Doc Doc Docket. Best Director. Ooh. Eyebrows up. All right. Yuzuru Chachikawa for Decadence. Takashi Sano for Tower of God, Sung-Hoo Park for Jujutsu Kaisen, Mamoru Hatikayama uh, for Kaguya-sama Love is War Season 2, Hiro Kaburagi for Great Pretender, and the winner, Masaki Uasa for Keep Your Hands Off Isaacan. Yes. Just can't stop <laughs> <Again>. winning. <laughs> that is correct. Ugh. All right, so silver medal because, like, yes, no, this was the right pick right here. There's All right, really... silver medal. Let's run through our entries here again. Oh, yeah, great All right, so we had decadence. Decadence. Oh, yeah, this think... is the first time decadence is showing up at this show. Decadence was a. It was a fun show. If we're talking about direction, the two styles thing is cool. This well, is maybe one of not the dudes who me... was on uh, Mob Psycho 100, by the way. I'm pretty sure that he. Give me a second. Let me check real quick because I'm pretty sure that this is the dude who directed. Um, Mob Psycho 100. Yes, yes, he did. Uh, the second right. season of the first. So he's good. Both shows are not going for them. I might say the same thing on both of them that for shows that truck in action scenes as heavily as they do, his eye for action isn't quite perfect yet, maybe. Maybe. Or I don't know. Maybe I just don't feel. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure enough of that to say yes. It just doesn't feel like something I come to either property really for. I guess so. I mean, I'm thinking. I'm also just thinking about the way that Decadence was put together. For my money, and spoilers, of course, for Decadence, right? Let's talk about the um, the moment that kind of everything was writing on, mm -hmm. which was that big reveal at the end of the first episode, right? And how that yeah. was directed. I was more confused than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> it was less of a big oh shit moment than it was me being like, wait, this feels out of place. And maybe... I don't know. 
maybe I'm a smart getting worked right now, and that's what they were going for. Uh, but I, it kind of dulled the impact for me just a little bit of the gravity of this twist and that none of this shit is real. All of this shit is, you know, like kind of part of this whole scheme, I guess, by, you know, a bunch of cyborgs who live in space and more or less live vicariously through the last, you know, real humans on uh. Earth because they've got nothing better to do. Um, uh, honestly, as a concept, uh, Decadence was a, a really interesting send-up of, like, the Isekai formula, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the way it was directed, I definitely thought that it was effectively directed, certainly. Like, you know, the... Uh... But here's the fucking thing. The fucking thing is that is that Kaguya-sama is on this list of nominees. Oh, man. And... Look at this man just holding up the shoujo belt. <laughs> and... Shoujo scene belt. No, so shoujo scene belt. Yeah, and and here's the thing. Yes, Masaki Yuasa wins every single fucking day, but it is fascinating how much of a country mile Kaguya-sama is, to me, at the very least, beyond the other four entries, you know, the other... Yeah, the other four entries that it beats out um, before it ultimately falls to keep your hands off Isaac. In I don't know, in direction, I don't think Great Pretender is actually that far behind Kaguya-sama. Maybe some script-level things, but I wouldn't say direction. Maybe. I just found myself so fucking enthralled with how they put together all the various gags and vignettes on that show, and just the, the fascinating way, A, in which they adapt the gags as they are laid out in the in the manga. And this th- this might be some bias here because, you know, Great Pretender does not have a manga, right? Uh, and I have not read uh, Tower of God or Jujutsu Kaisen um, or De- Decadence, I'm, I'm pretty sure, uh, an anime original as well. But I have read uh, Kaguya-sama. I do know how, you know, he writes that manga and then how this manga was adapted and what they do in order to make the jokes work. Mm-hmm. Given that, I feel like I was completely caught up with Kaguya-sama when the second season aired, so it's not like there was any surprises for me um, either. I found myself amazingly impressed with just how they used the fact that this was all animated to their advantage um, in Kaguya-sama, doing really weird kind of screwy things with the animation uh, in order to... in order to get across you know the joke that was being told in the manga which you cannot tell the same way when this is an anime it just does not work like that it's a different beast now all right so i am going to go to the steamiest of hot take farms and i think for me personally great pretender is playing a way more straight laced presentation game yes but i think that what it achieves solely on the front of directing. I mean, I I would give the sort of Love is War scripted over it, but solely on the front of directing and application of its resources to create this mood and convey this kind of Lupin Panther's Eleven tone. I think it's a very strong directorial feat. Oh, absolutely. And And I'm I'm definitely not arguing that it's not. I think it's a higher wire act in a way. Sure, yeah. Um, okay. Fucking Jujutsu Kaisen got a nomination. And here, here's the thing. Uh, the thing that I was noticing is that 
for all of its faults, it was very well directed. Sung Hoo Park is real good. Uh, mm-hmm. As I was saying, like before, he's gonna be a fucking star someday. I'll... Though maybe maybe he is already. Just I guess not he for is the right now. Reasons. Just fan- yeah. just fanning himself with fucking Kaisen money. <sighs> but yeah, no, he did a fantastic job um, taking Jujutsu Kaisen, making me not hate it. Like I, because I certainly didn't hate it. It was just. I think, as I said in an earlier episode, it was a love letter to a genre that I already fucking hate. So <laughs> it was just a very well done thing that I would never had any chance of liking. Who's the best crunk chorist? <laughs> best, uh. Best, best VA performance. VA in performance in English. Alright, so we'll get started. Jonas Scott as Lagoshi from Beastars. Johnny Young Bosch as Bam from Tower of God. Crispin Freeman as Zeus Sudra from Fate Grand Order Absolute Demonic from Babylonia. <laughs> oh, look at that semicolon. <laughs> <laughs> Slash mark title semicolon. Uh, oh, oh shit, those are two semicolon bitches. No, no I'm sorry, that's slash dash mark semicolon slash dash mark and then I'm sorry for misrepresenting the Fate Stay franchise in that moment everyone I'm never ever going to watch any of those shows ever again (laughs) Aneris Kinonias as Echidna from ReZero season 2 Aaron Phillips as Laurent Thierry from Great Pretender and the winner Zeno Robinson as Hawks from My Hero Academia I didn't watch any of these dubs I don't really watch dubs anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, our like, opinion, not a single one of these. <laughs> our opinion on these has, unfortunately, <laughs> been overdubbed. I did hear two episodes of Laurent. He's good. It's, yeah, he seemed... It, it, that is not a... Seems like he'd be good. Crispin Freeman, always a fucking joy to listen to. Um, he was uh, he was Red Arrow on um, uh, Young Justice. Great. Zena Robinson was Cyborg on Young Justice. So a couple couple uh, couple guys from there. I mean J- Johnny Young Bosch is always you know he was Lelouch if you saw that yeah. or if you saw the uh, the dub to that he's always fun. Um, anyway, congratulations! Congratulations! On getting your checks, guys! Congratulations on getting your nominations. I uh, I'm sorry that I did not that I cannot really comment on any of these. I. <laughs> Typically speaking, I'm watching the show as it airs, and very few dubs are simulcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is just why. Uh, every now and again, you will get the simulcast dub, but at the very least, it often tends to be a couple of weeks behind the uh, the Japanese release. And it I'm is just... worth pointing out, though, that we are not anti-dub on this program. If that no, I'm absolutely not anti-dub. Exists. I just I just do not find that I watch them that much. Uh, if I find if I hear that there is a really fucking good dub. Then yeah, I will absolutely endeavor to uh, to go find it. Okay, best uh, vocal performance in Japanese. This I can speak to. Okay, mm-hmm. Yusuke uh, Onoki as Daisuke Kambe from Millionaire Detective. <laughs> I forgot Balance that Am- fucking happened. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, what a what a premise. Oh yeah, we're we're only judging the vocal performance. We're not judging. Yep, yep. Marching ahead. Yeah. Okay, Yuji Nakamura as Satoru Goju from uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. He's the uh, the the blindfold Kakashi. Yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. Free like like fan, the, free fan favorite. The, 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 yeah, the, the Dime Store Kakashi Sensei. Yeah. Uh, Riho Sugiyama is Minari. Wait, hold on. You said Dime Store? No. Brick through window and grab Kakashi <laughs> Sensei. Let's <laughs> see, clear. He checked that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Riho Sugiyama is Minari Koda 
from Wave, Listen to Me. That one flew under my radar, but it looked very interesting. It, uh, it kept on being so close to being the like second show in a Weeaboo Hell episode, but other things just kept slipping in. It just Premise-wise, it seems pretty interesting to me. And it's yeah. like about her voice, right? Because it's about her being, you know, like a radio host. Yeah. Um, okay, Mutsume Tamura as Sayaka Kanamori from Keep Your Hands Off Isaacin. Fantastic fucking performance. Good ass Kanamori time. was one of my favorite characters of this last year, and it is in no small part due to uh, Mutsume Tamura's uh, performance. Okay, uh, Megumi Ogata is Hanako from Toilet Bound Hanako-kun. Uh, again, that, missed that one, cannot speak to it. We'll trust you. Okay, and the winner. Isuke Kobayashi is Subaru Natsuki from ReZero Season 2. You know what? Here's a defense I'll make for them. I've seen, like, smatterings of this show. Mm-hmm. Sucks. <laughs> A, a voice actor, ideally, you know, conveys character through their performance. That's, you know, what in theory you're going for. And I heard that voice, and I did know I did not care about this character. <laughs> and I would call that an absolute win. For my part, um, Yusuke... Yeah, you know, he does. He does. You know the job that he does. You know he, uh, he, he. You know, but the the fact is, is that Kanamori came the fuck alive because of Tamura's performance. That that fantastic kind of rasp that she sort of had. Uh, yeah, uh, had it really kind of made her what she is. It's really why Kanamori is such a unique character. Is because there's a. Both in terms of character design and vocal performance, right? The show was such texture. a the show was such a masterclass in texture and conveying character rather than um sort of sticking to sort of what is um known and accepted about character design uh in anime. I think Yuasa made this very conscious choice to not try and have his characters feel like cute or moe or anything like that in the way that you know is sort of sort of understood to be you know kind of how assembly line yeah um no he he designed the characters really just so that you could understand everything that you needed to about them uh and the fact bonus points is that not one single one of the three ever ends up feeling at all sexualized in any way shape or form which is nice because they're all minors uh, nice, and, and, that, and this seems to happen, you know, this is a rare enough occasion that I must, you know, shout it out when it does happen. <laughs> like, there's even a fucking scene when they go to the fucking, um, when they go to a fucking onsen, right? Uh, and, and they, like, splash around, and it's, like, not treated at all as fan service or anything. It's really a modern goddamn miracle. It, it was, yeah. And um, I mean that genuinely enough that I didn't say but, uh, fucking miracle for laughs. <laughs> but I'm talking about vocal performances here, and I'm catching myself talking about just the show as a whole. Uh, fuck. But, um, in terms of her voice... Well, you can recognize because it from orbit. I, Yeah, exactly. Because I am, you know, a gaijin, right? I'm not going to be able to uh, tell too many Japanese performances apart if I'm closing my eyes. That is just my limitation as a guy who can understand a few phrases in Japanese at most, right? Just from a lifetime of watching it, but not speaking even close to conversationally. Um, 
I could recognize Kanamori's voice with my eyes closed, listening to it at any time, and recognize it as Kanamori, and there was just something real fucking special about her performance. I don't know, man. It's a hard-ass act to follow, but congratulations for everyone again. I know, I'm kind to actors, I guess. Keep going. Get the bag. Alright, best ending sequence. Alright, so, welcome my- Oh, here's your favorite category. Ending sequence? I mean, uh, you always have something to say about EDs. I do have a few things to say about EDs, yeah. Alright, so, welcome my friend, uh, by Okamoto's The Millionaire Detective Balance Unlimited. It was a, it was a track. It was a track, <laughs> truth be told, I have, it's been so long, it was, that was a pre-pandemic show. It was a pre-pandemic so, so show. So, I, I don't mean, remember- It was same, like, kinda, like, James Bondified, like- Okay, sure. Yeah. Uh, the Great Pretender by Freddie Mercury from Great Pretender. Everyone fucking remembers this one. It mm. was the it was the fucking singing cats. It was it fucking kicked ass. It is how I got my uh, partner to like this show. <laughs> Night Running by Shin Sakura, uh, featuring Amy uh, from Brand New Animal. Uh, you watched more of Brand New Animal than uh, I did. I, I watched the whole thing. Um, it was fun. I wouldn't put it ahead of the singing cats, but again. Trigger has a lot of style, and this is part of that b- package. Mm. Right, Last Dance by Mamoru Miyano from Inspector. Watched Inspector. Don't really remember that ED too well. Uh, that could have just been because I was like, okay, let's watch the next episode. Um. So right now, we think we're talking about Id Invaded, which we covered on the show. And Inspector is a totally different show. So this next bit is about Id Invaded, functionally. Sorry about that. Which, you know, points in Inspector's favor because I did, I did find it, although often kind of silly and like, okay, so this is magic then. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was a fun mystery. Uh, but also it felt like less sci-fi and more magic. Great. <laughs> There's, they left behind uh, mental, mental particles or something. <laughs> I don't know, this gun says... This gun says they're still there. We need to activate the device. Thank you, the device, Magic Gun. The device. Okay, DDDD by uh, No Name from uh, Doro Hidoro. We're going to talk about Doro Hidoro, and I've got some very got unpopular some opinions about Doro You have Hidoro. unpopular opinions, like I've got get a... us flayed and burned kind of unpopular opinions, or... We're going to talk about Doro Hidoro later. Later? Probably... Yeah, we're going to talk about it in the uh, in a later category. All right, everyone, so we're going to hold that as a point of dramatic tension. Okay, and best ending sequence winner, Lost in Paradise by Ali, featuring Akilo from Jujutsu Kaisen. This is a defensible choice. Yeah. I'm... I liked the I liked the Great Pretender yeah. better, but Lost in Paradise was a fantastic ED. It was so fucking fun. It, like, I, it, was, it was fun. It had a... It's a very strong version of that post- like post bleach style, I guess you would call exactly. it. Exactly. Like it, it's I, I I really enjoy series, um, or I really enjoy when series have a particular um aesthetic or culture. Oh, personality that they, is uh, such yeah, personality. an important thing in like so many things feel the same at this point that mm-hmm. that when well, you have that sort of um when you have that kind of thing that your show is a fan of it can do a lot for that show. 
So, so the the sort of um, the sort of like Gen Z TikTok rapper aesthetic that um that Jujutsu Kaisen has as an aesthetic, it works. It works real well for this show. Mm-hmm. And and while I have the things to say about Jujutsu Kaisen as a whole that I do, uh, in terms of its look, in terms of the personality that it gave the show, really fucking great idea. It to shows do that. Yeah. a good. The best term I can think of it is a fingerprint. Yes. Um, also, the fun kind of Sid Bass thing, uh, we were just talking about him earlier, that Great yeah. Pretender did. Really fantastic fucking choice. I mean, it's not the first thing that is chosen to go for a Sid Bass aesthetic because, you know, he's one of the most popular pop artists of the 20th century. Contributed to the look of, you know, spy fiction and everything involving cloak and dagger nonsense that we, you know, know of and love today. It's just Sid Bass and the man who was Thursday, sort of what rocking in on old wooden chairs. I remember back in my day. Um, it definitely had that going for it, right? That was that was the personality that it chose as well. Millionaire Detective was kind of going for like a James Bondy kind of thing, uh, and the uh, I, I, and yeah, I'm remembering the ED was like good, and it had yeah, it had that entire yeah, it's 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 defensible. I think it's maybe just not the peanuts I would put on my airline. Not not really, but yeah, good day, good day in EDs. Honestly, openings and endings have come a long. Oh way yeah, I was still, I was watching, from... I was watching fucking. Colors by Flow, right? Uh, you may remember as the first OP to Code Geass. Right. From like 2006-2007 <clears throat> or so. And it is fascinating how far we've come, given that I thought that that OP kicked so much ass when, you know, Code Geass was airing. I remember these used to be either identical or low effort enough that... A video that just got a bajillion views was every anime opening ever. Just intercutting similar shots from popular shows OPs. And I think that would be a harder video to make today outside of the isekai genre. <laughs> <laughs> I will stop kicking you people in the ribs when you are dead. I just, it, it, it's just fucking fascinating because, you know, Colors by Flow, right? Widely considered to be one of the more iconic OPs of that decade. Um... If you look at it, uh, it's a whole bunch of shots of, like, the Geos effect. Um, like, a bunch of that OP is just not static necessarily, but basically just like, okay, and here's the Geos effect uh, with, you know, credits superimposed hey over it. Hey, man, we broke the budget on that fucking eye, okay? And then the rest of the OP, for the most part, is just... A character appears. Another character appears in front of that character. Another peer- character appears in front of that character. None of them are moving. Ah. That that was what OPs used to be, and we thought that they were great. Although I do remember at this point in time, there was... I cannot remember the name of the song, but the first OP to Death Note. Which was, was, oh, yeah, yeah, with the Maximum the Hormone song, right? No, that's the second OP. That's the second OP. I, very good OP as well, but the first OP to Death Note was, like, the one that got everyone fucking watching that show and was also, like, I think just a cut above OPs. Oh, God, we're talking about OPs right now. All right, and yeah, we're on the ED. Give that, give that an episode. Give that an okay. episode. All right. Opening sequences. So Opening sequences. transfer some of that chatter's value to this. All right. Phoenix by Burnout Syndrome's. Uh... From high to the top. Okay, so here's the thing. Are you gonna waste sports those sports? Anime. Ma- no, 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 no. We're doing an episode. Please, I, I, I like that joke. <laughs> okay, fine. 
Sam has thoughts about it. <laughs> I enjoy hearing them. I think they deserve a little spotlight. There's a lot going on in this episode. Okay. Kai Kai Kitan by Eve from Jujutsu Kaisen. It was a good OP. Mm-hmm. Uh, GP, uh, composed by Yutaka Yamada from Great Pretender. Didn't know it was named that after the show. Yeah, it was just, you know, it was an instrumental track. Oh, uh, Easy Breezy by Chel Miko. Hell yeah! From oh, Keep man. Your Hands Off Isaacin. Uh, okay, we're gonna we're just gonna go to the end of this list. Why, uh, Daddy Daddy Do featuring Ari Suzuki by Masuki Suzuki. Uh, no relation. Uh, Kaguya-sama, Love is War Season 2. And the winner, Wild Side by Ali from Beastars. Yeah, okay, fine. Mm. <laughs> just... I I have a lot of easy breezy in my brain. It was so good, right? <laughs> yeah. Like it was limited, certainly. Like they were they were limited in what they actually did in that OP, but as far as what they accomplished, A, Easy Breezy was the fucking catchiest fucking OP of last year, and there's no fucking question. It it's is even a, catchier than fucking Daddy Daddy Do. It's a genuine Like that's what it's up against. It's a genuine earworm without Resorting to a set of pop music tricks I like to call Dr. Luke's Clipboard. Uh, for those of you who don't know him, Dr. Luke is an American pop producer behind like a quarter of the fucking pop tracks in America and also a sex repeated pest. sex pest. God damn it. <sighs> you hate to see it. You hate to see it. Yeah, you, you do actually hate you to do, see yeah, it. You, one one, one <laughs> does, being, in fact, I'm being 100% serious. Despise to fucking see it. Alright, Kakai Kitan was a very good OP, but it felt like a very standard good OP. Like, this, it, it was doing the thing well, but it did not do anything that particularly It does not compare well to its ED. No, I think it, the ED of that show is definitely better, and I think it definitely deserved to win. I think uh, Kakai Kitan, again, it was, it was good, it was, you know, um, dynamic. Uh, it, it had this fun thing where it was very... Um, it had great fidelity to Tokyo and Tokyo's geography and just places in Tokyo. Uh, that that was kind of interesting, just you know, given you know the idea of Tokyo sort of being a character in this series. Yeah. Um, the way that it is, uh, it. Uh, I, guess we'll I think it was a very competently done OP for that series. It never wowed me in the way that a whole lot of people found themselves wowed by it. Um, I I I thought it was good. I thought it was a good OP. I did not find it to be low effort or cloying or anything like that. Keep going. Keep going. I'm just sure. making note of something. Okay. Um, you know, GP, we were just talking about Sid Bass. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Daddy Daddy Do is such a perfect goddamn opening, too. Like, I... I I'm upset that this had to share a year with Wildside because it would have won in any other fucking year. I mean, Via Stars did the thing they always tell us to do in advertising of just putting your best bullet first. And they certainly fucking did, and that OP, even though, again, I was ultimately thumbs down on Beastars, no, that OP was goddamn perfect, one of the best in years. That is correct. Um, Alright, so next category, I just saw the title. I didn't see the winner, I saw the title. I'm irritated. I'm a very easily <laughs> irritated man. But Sam, walk us through the best girl. I hope you people get herpes. I hope you people become su- sexually successful and then get herpes. <laughs> okay. So, Sayaka Katamori from Keep Your Hands Off Isaacan. Fucking love that she's even here, guys. Ahead of all the sort of 
t- jiggle wizards we're gonna get. I'm 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 sure. I'm glad she's here. I guess. Oddly enough, none of these are tit jiggle wizards. Noi from Doro Hidoro. Um, she was like the really fucking tall one. Okay. Okay. Uh, Jizuru Mizuhara from Rent a Girlfriend. A dark horse, but they, she, I think she deserves to be on this list. Yeah, yeah, she was a great fucking character. Katarina Clace from uh, My Next Life is a villainous. All roots lead to doom. Yeah, that was yeah. the, the I, again. I had like only grudging respect for that one. I mean, like I had it, but and the character was okay. I get <laughs> Abigail Jones, great pretender. So does best girl mean like like best weird relationship bait or just best <laughs> female character? Because like. She goes places. It's a, it's an odd question. I, do, I think you would get different answers if you asked different people. Because, like, I don't know if she's super strong on the fucking weird waifu vector most of these are being evaluated on. I love the running gag of her flipping people off in interesting ways. Or just, <laughs> it, it's just like, the way that she, the way that the series is directed when she flips people off. Like, it'll always be from, like, a, like, her hand will enter frame in a fun way. Yeah, I like her confrontation with a... Oh, spoilers. I like her confrontation with a Red Baron man. <laughs> it was an interesting time. All right, and the winner. Kaguya Shinomiya, Kaguya-sama Loves War Season 2. Oh, you have to... Um, defending! Uh, defending! Defending! All right, Seb beat me to the joke. I was going to say, you know, it's really weird seeing, like, a 14-year-old Japanese girl come out, take a bottle of water, and spit it into <laughs> the air. <laughs> for holding, for holding the title over, over her fucking head and then fucking crippling someone with a sledgehammer. <laughs> I have no arguments Fatsu against this. Fancy <laughs> <laughs> uh. It's all about the game. And I played. Oh, man. Abby cuts like three weeks of promos about how she grew up loving this business. <laughs> and this is her dream. <laughs> and then fucking Randy Orton fucking gets her on the fucking apron. <laughs> 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 or people <laughs> or people like, I don't know, they need a transitional champion. Maybe they'll put on a Katarina form. Nope. nope. <laughs> Apron Orton. <laughs> uh. mm. So ironically, I am still actually unclear on whether the best girl <laughs> fucking category here means waifu bait or character, but it's an acceptable win for either. It's an acceptable so. win for both, right? No, so that and that's a fine thing. But like I absolutely absolutely think that Kaguya Shinomiya is the best female character of these six entries. Honestly, and it's not even fucking close, I would say, I would say, of course, Kanamori comes very, comes the closest uh, in terms of just what you get out of that character from what you were given from that character. I, really I would say fucking... that Kanamori, the thing about Abby is fine character, good at what she does in that story but it's not necessarily the world's outside of gender it's not necessarily the world's freshest archetype oh for abigail yeah no she um she again she felt like a student of Rebby. yeah yeah down to trauma levels yeah like you turn the trauma levels down just a little bit you add like a little bit of interesting kind of Political commentary because she's from Iraq. Yeah, you know the the, the, the those sort of things. So that it's, ultimately, 
I almost don't feel as though I'm being fair to the character by comparing her against Revy because Revy is so singularly fascinating to me. And mm. Abigail, you know, as fun as she is, is just not quite the character that it, Revy it's is. It's also a hard comparison because Revy is in the power to, like, core characters of her thing. And Abigail, while important and gets time, is probably... She's usually almost always, at most, the third most important character. Uh, third or even fourth most important yeah. character of every arc, because the arc villain always ends up being more important than her, but not yeah, quite it's as important. Very, as... It's very much that James Bond thing yeah, where, she like, the gets, second uh, carries villain. She, she kind of is just always off on the side there. And so, yeah, again, it's not entirely fair to compare her to Revy in that regard. Honestly, good work in terms of the slot and screen time. In terms oh, of yeah, absolutely. Uh, Katarina... <laughs> So I have to give credit where it was due. I did find her more compelling than most other isekai protagonists right, I've on, ever just seen. Just bite your arm. Yeah, just like, Katarina is more tolerable than the average more isekai protagonist. Isekai protagonist. Fine. Fuck off. Chizuru Mizuhara for Mentor dark, Girlfriend. Just dark Horse. Yeah, is... Dark Horse. Uh, like, again, like, thought it was gonna be a hate watch. Really fucking enjoyed it as just a character drama about, you know... People who cannot find that they can be truthful in their lives with anyone other than one another. I like that because it, it actually yeah. reminded me of uh, Prison School a whole lot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like the, the Hana Rasha, but the uh, the the um with uh with the two uh the two leads of Prison School and how their relationship is characterized by, for better or for worse, they understand one <laughs> another as people because they do not and cannot lie to one another. Behold, my deviance. Uh, Naked and true. I can't really speak too much to Dora Hidoro because I had a um, kind of a brown note problem with Dora Hidoro. Um, uh, oh, right. This is the bullet you're saving up. This is, I guess, the bullet that we're saving. Okay, best boy. Best boy. All right, I'm just going to put it to character and just assume that you people are not quite as masturbatory as I assume. Okay. Satoru Goju from Jujutsu Kaisen. That is I like the, Kakashi too. Right. I, I, I thought Kakashi was a really great character. Uh, Legoshi from Beastars. Um, Kunaguero Agnes from Tower of... Payment from uh, Dora Hidoro. Uh, I know he's... Oh, so... are, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> that was Volnagod from The Misfit of Demon King. How the fuck did this guy end up on the fucking mm -hmm. list? <laughs> okay, okay. And best boy, winner of best boy... Shoyo Hinata, the protagonist oh, of Haikyuu. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just going to rev revise what I said. It, it clearly is best husbando bait. So, you know what? Fuck it. Fine. Haikyuu can win by default. Haikyuu can win Sure. Eight-pack. Moving on with my life. Wait, I thought he was the he was the, the short kid. Oh, am cute. I confusing Haikyuu for the swimming one? God damn it. No, no, it's not the swimming one. It's the volleyball one. It's the volleyball one. Okay. Sports anime. <laughs> save. It's okay. Fine. I'll save it. I can't. I can't help myself. <laughs> all right, all right. Then let's go back in the trench here. Okay, okay. all right. So starting from Satoru Gojo from uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. In okay, so in case you haven't caught my opinion, none too fresh. Now, uh, Legoshi from Beastars. Actually, um, before we move on to the next one, okay. I also want to say just his fucking power thing of the infinite collapsing into the non-ether of becoming them is just the exact wavelength of shit I don't like in action things. Yeah, I mean, just from two different directions, too. Yeah. Right? Because it's silly levels of OP, just to begin with, and then, because it was revealed so early on in the story, 
when it's inevitably outclassed by something else, the power creep then gets to the point where I don't care about what's happening anymore. So, bad move. Just a bad move. Just everything involving Shonen action in Jujutsu Kaisen was just fucking bad move. It, bad it decisions made all over the place. It takes to the point where if he's involved in a fight, the only three outcomes are boring, ass pull, or power creep, and that's not a good place but to like, be. I, 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 I don't like any of those three outcomes right there. I'd rather that the, uh, that the outcome be interesting, but it just never will be with him. Art right, Lagoshi from Beastars. Do I pick now to talk about Beastars and why, why I did for, not like it? Go for it. it? Oh, Over. you know, it was actually up for uh, for anime of the year. So I think I will uh, will wait until then for my final thesis on Beastars. Um, Kuhn Aguero Agnes from Tower of God. I am sure that we met that character in the amount of that show that we watched. <laughs> Tower of God was so fucking boring. Kuhn, like the other moving parts of Tower of God, is immensely forgettable. Was he like the big lizard guy? I think he was the white... No, fuck, no, I don't care. Moving on. No, who gives a shit? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> Cayman from Doro Hidoro. Again, I've got shit that I'm saving for that, but what I will not save for later is Enos Voldegode from the Misfit of Demon King Academy. My fucking ass is he on this fucking list. So, what I'm about to do isn't a moral stand. Asakusa so, I, I to... from, from fucking Isaacin, who is a girl, deserves to be on this list more than he does. What I'm about to say is not a moral stand, nor is it me saying I am stronger, faster, or better trained than anyone else. Mm-hmm. If you legitimately think he is the best male character of anime of this year, meet me outside of the Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn at 12 p.m. <laughs> on Wednesday... The first Wednesday of March. <laughs> and we will settle this. <laughs> with our fists. <laughs> that is all I will say about the misfit of Demon King fucking Academy. So. <laughs> remember, of course you do. The Colbert Report. Right? And how Stephen Colbert came up with the idea of truthiness which Mm -hmm. is something that someone says that's not necessarily true but feels true because it's echoing you know a sentiment that makes sense to a lot of people right that is that is what truthiness is yeah and while this is not actually anos voldegode or shadow the hedgehog's real theme song you know there's that one thing that, like, you and James, I think, came up with at that one point. You know, they kiss my butt, I don't give a damn, go to heck if you don't understand. I will actually take exclusive credit for that That one. was you? Yeah. That was just you? Yeah, so, <laughs> I'm not sure what to say other than, like, when I can apply that song to a character, when I can apply that <laughs> idea, that sort of set of feelings to a character, it's a really fucking bad sign. <laughs> Yeah. As for Haikyuu, <laughs> it, it just feels like it's in such bad faith. <laughs> such a sports anime. All I will say is I cannot go into our feelings about sports anime in an abridged manner. So just trust me when I say, eh. I don't find it that interesting. All right. 
Best antagonist. Best antagonist. This could be an interesting one. All right, Rachel from Tower of God. Overhaul from My Hero Academia. N from Doro Hidoro. Echidna from ReZero Season 2. Akito Soma from Fruits Basket Season 2. And Ryomen Sakuna from Jujutsu Kaisen. The winner. Ryomen Sakuna. He's, he's the edgy demon who's possessing the main character. He's that, that guy. Ah, okay. So we're hitting the popularity contest bracket of the fucking, <laughs> right? of the fucking awards show. Okay. So Rachel- Sukuna is a ancient sealed evil that is looks inside our protagonist looks like our protagonist and says i'm not impressed you're gonna have to do better than that and not even close ironically in a different genre he reminds me of amon in that the more i actually see of him on screen (laughs) and the more i actually know about him the less interested in him i am Not even close. <laughs> nice try. Nice try, nurse. Maybe one of these days you'll make me flex my muscles just a little bit. The best thing I can say for him is That the... was impressive. <laughs> I felt a drop of sweat just now. The best thing I will say about Mr. Sukuna is that sort of staple gunning the sealed evil in a can to superpowered evil side mm-hmm. is a fun idea. That's an interesting idea, certainly, yeah. I so yes, so yes, I will freely admit it is very amusing that what is functionally the main villain of this is just sort of along for the ride through other shit. The only problem being the more you see of him, the less interesting he gets, which is it, it, because ultimately he's just not a fucking interesting character. Yeah. He's uh He's sort of the antagonistic flip to Anos Voldegode in that way. And I know that, you know, your main antagonist needs to be super formidable or whatever. But the, the, the problem is that when this also makes him extremely boring, too. I mean, formidable is only like one symptom of this fucking thing. Like, in fact, if you look at what we said, he talks a lot about how he fucking acts. Like, wherever he is on the fucking power scale... You need a personality for all this screen time. Yeah, he's mostly just unpleasantly edgy. It, it just doesn't fucking scan for me. Uh, there's, and there's no fucking charisma behind it either, at least not that I felt. Okay, what, 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 else, what else we got for antagonists? Okay, Fruits Basket. I just, I just never fucking watched or read Fruits Baskets. I don't know about the Sakito Soma guy, so I can't speak to that. Sorry, I, if you were waiting for me to, you know be right or wrong about <laughs> Akito Soma. I'm really sorry. I just didn't fucking do it. Fuck it. You know, since I am never going to find the time to write a read Fooch Basket, I'm going to assume he's fucking brilliant. Good job, Akita. Okay. Akidna from ReZero starting life. No, nah, fuck it. Fuck right. it. No, uh, Doro Hidoro. And, all right, so now I think I I can just go ahead and talk about Doro Hidoro. It looked like a Borderlands cutscene, and I couldn't fucking get into it. <laughs> I got about 45 seconds into the first episode and called it fucking quits. I could, I, I'm sorry, I just don't like it. I don't like how it looked, and I couldn't watch it. At the end of the day, everyone, it sounds mean, but anime is composed of light and sound. And if the light hurts... <laughs> and the light hurts... <laughs> 
If the light hurts, we just can't fucking do it. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm real sorry. Everyone for a fucking year was telling me how fucking Kino this thing was, and I'm just gonna say, I'll read the manga one of these you know, days. The root word in Kino is kinetoscope. <laughs> I'll and... read the manga. I'll read the manga. I'm sure it's great. I'm gonna read the fucking XR manga on a bet, by the way, because if it's great, I will laugh my ass off even harder. <laughs> I know that it exists. Um, All right, overhaul. So it's kind of an it's an awkward pick for villain of the year, not because he's a bad villain, but no. because he's not in, in the top two villains in his own franchise. No, he was. I never felt him to be. He's basically a character design and a cool power. Like as a no. character, he's not much. Like no, I wouldn't say so. No, he's a. And the arc kind of gets away with it because it's not about him. Ever. It's not. It's it's not about. It's him. never about him. It's uh, yeah. It's about Eri. And given that I don't like Eri very much, it's fascinating that I loved but, this uh this arc to the degree that I did. At the end of the day, you could have replaced Overhaul with, fucking. All for one, releasing an evil mech that can absorb things and recreate them. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, Deku, do something. I feel like he's getting... I, I honestly feel like he, he got this nomination because of that final fight. And it was a great fight, certainly. It's a great fight, but I feel like he could have had that with any bad person of that power set mm. with those stakes. Like, there's not something... Again, Overhaul isn't even the best... Here, villain present in that story arc. I like Shiggy. I don't know. Yeah, Shiggy's great. Yeah. All right, Rachel from Tower of God. I've got everyone who fucking liked that thing telling me how how much worst girl she is. Um, the fact that um that mommy is not on this list is uh, a robbery. She was the best villain of this year. <laughs> uh, I I speak of course of the uh, the main antagonist of um I mean of uh, uh Rent a Girlfriend. As weaves from birth to till death, there will be a sort of action tilt bias in villain. It's such fucking bullshit. It was such a goddamn snub. Mommy, <laughs> mommy is one of the most fascinatingly, realistically written, horrible fucking people I've seen in an anime. You know what? I'm gonna like I I I don't hate people the way that I hate her. I'm gonna dip into the uh, into the male comedian well. Mm-hmm. Hopefully not to me, but whatever. If you don't think mommy belongs on this list, you're not divorced. <laughs> Next category. Next category. <laughs> All right, best protagonist. Ooh. All right, this should be interesting. Ooh. Hit, All right. Hit me with hit me with the beats. Yuji Itadori from Jujutsu Kaisen. Shoyu Hinata from Haikyuu to the top. Natsume from Decadence. Midori Asakusa. Keep your hands off Isaacan. Anos Voldegode. The Misfit of Demon King Academy. Oh, I, I, I'm sorry. In case I wasn't pointed towards the microphone said this eat my ass and the winner inexplicably katarina clace my next life as a villainous all roots lead to doom she was fine she was fine guys she was not annoying that was the bar that was the bar and you have rewarded her disproportionately for not being boring and annoying the way that isekai protagonists 99% of the time are. So, congratulations, Katarina Kleis, for being the 1% in this regard. You were not bad, but no, Asakusa was the best protagonist of the year. 
fuck you, fight me. There's an expression called a uh, Alabama 6. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, an Alabama 10. <laughs> Jesus. Which is a, which is like a New York 6 and a California 4. <laughs> and that is what Katarina is. <laughs> she is in anime's Alabama. Mm. I don't think Natsume from Decadence deserved to be on this list. Um, I think that she was okay as a protagonist. I think she's she was, kind of a she's I think kind was, of a default POV type. I think that she was an okay protagonist in an above average show, um, yeah. and got more credit than I ultimately felt like she deserved. Uh, again, Midori Asakusa was the best protagonist of this year. <laughs> uh, Nose full of goad. Eat my entire ass. Get your tongue way the fuck up in there. Kiss my butt. I don't give a damn. Um, so. Shoguhinata I would not burden the Dunkin' Donuts Corporation when it comes to Miss Academy with two fights in one week in its parking lot. Just beat their ass twice. But that's okay. But that's okay. Beat their ass because twice there's a Staples hard. parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> right across the street, right in fact. Across the street. <laughs> and when I am done <laughs> fucking pulverizing the other asshole. You can beat me there at 1 a.m. And he can settle this. Alternatively, if you were the same asshole, I'll beat your ass <laughs> in the Dunkin' Donuts parking lot. And once I'm done beating your ass in the Dunkin' Donuts parking lot, we can go across the street and I'll beat your ass in the fucking Staples parking lot. We look forward to meeting our fan base. <laughs> Yuji Itadori. He was fun. He was fun. He... Yeah, the like... sense of humor about him is good. Ironically, given how much I don't like about Jujutsu Kaisen, he's one of the better moving parts. Yeah, absolutely. Again, I will not be unfair to Jujutsu Kaisen as much as ultimately it did not work for me. Yuji was a fun guy. He was a fun protagonist. I, I found him pretty compelling. Uh, way the fuck more compelling than our human Sakuna. I will say that what I said about the antagonist thing seems to hold true for protagonist. I thought there'd be a little more diffusion, but... There's a weird genre lockout thing happening here that I'm not a fan of. Whoa. What do you mean? Like, oh, yeah, yep. yeah, I guess so. I mean, there's, yeah, there's. Like, only Azokin is sort of breaching, like, the mainline Shonen Isekai sort of genre molds. I thought that Kazuya uh, from, um, from Rent-A-Girlfriend should probably be on the best protagonist list. I found his Before struggle D- fascinating. I found his character fascinating. I found, like, the things that he wanted and the things that he, you know, was ashamed of fascinating. I was kind of hoping to see... I don't think it would have taken him. I was kind of hoping to see uh, our lead con from Great Pretender here, but what you gonna do? He was fun, but I always found him to be um, only as interesting as he needed to be, ultimately. I did not find, ultimately, that there was anything that really particularly set him apart from (sighs) yeah i don't know he was no danny ocean no danny ocean fair enough all right hit me the next category this is the final category unfortunately we're almost at the end here um we come upon now anime of the year do you have actually i'm not going to I'll let it be a surprise for you if you were not reading already. So I'm just going to list list everything off. We'll get to honorable mentions after this. Hi. All right. Keep your hands off Isaacin. Makes sense. Great Pretender. Mm-hmm. Doro Hidoro. Beastars. 
first time fucking showing up this year, Apari Ronman. Great fucking show. I don't know Great, why not... nothing from it showed up earlier. I was really expecting it to pop up in the character designs. Right? Then. Right? You character design alone. And the winner, because people get to vote for this, I guess, Jujutsu Kaisen. Uh, which is wrong. It rep- wasn't. Representative democracy, huh? Ugh. The All failure right. of populism. Time for some bullying. Here's my ultimate take on fucking Jujutsu Kaisen. Please. When it comes to this fucking dark fantasy shonen thing, mm-hmm. it is a popular idea whose fan base is so starved and their palate so desiccated from just eating other shit. All of which, you know what? I'll admit, all the other shit. Just worse than Jujutsu Kaisen. Worse than Jujutsu Kaisen, yeah. The Jujutsu Kaisen is not even out, like a bad show. It's not a bad it's just show. Undeserving of this it's title. But like, you give this sliver of people who've been hankering for their beach replacement something that can like tell stories that have a beginning, a middle, and an end, and their assholes are just blown open with amazement. I'm. Man, I don't even fucking know because like in the same fucking year we got, you know. Hero Aka, and at the end of well, it, I'm we talking got... all shonen. I'm talking like specifically like this sort of post bleach, like late teens monster hunting, big rebellion. There's a niche, like they have. Oh yeah, I think they need to get rid of that. I think, I think they need to let go of that genre and move on to a better one. <laughs> because I think that it has only been done well by Yu Yu Hakusho. Because there is a tradition of shows that this is in, and it does it better than. A lot of what they have been eating for six years of glass on their tongue and tears in their eyes. I think that's more indicative not of the fact that there have not been any good entries in this genre, and more that it's maybe not even that good of a genre. I think it was a very good show back in 1993 or whatever. Running in a crowd. <laughs> and then it became a genre, inexplicably. They just wanted that Kuwabara money. Although... Then again, I did like Kimono Jihan, so I might just be full of shit here. Oh, yeah, we might be total fucking hypocrites. In fact, I think it's anime will come out next year or the year after. The thing about Chainsaw Man is that it's basically a smart person's take on this entire fucking axis. Okay. So, I almost don't even want to say that this concept could never be done well by anyone, anywhere. But seeing something like Chainsaw Man just really reveals what meager fare in this spectrum <laughs> you people have been eating until now. And I'm not saying, like, it's something more intelligent. I mean, it's more intelligent you put together. But it's not more, like, air quotes, intelligent and or mature in themes. It's just, like, I don't know, freshness matters, execution matters, me not nodding off in the middle of your fifth episode, yeah, it fucking happened, matters. <laughs> Yeah, I did lose interest in uh, Jujutsu Kaisen pretty, uh, literally as soon as the fists start flying, I kind of just turn it off because the thing that it is most needs to get right, it doesn't. It is unfortunate. Like my entire experience with this show, regardless of all the other aspects I do think are fun or work, 
don't fucking matter because it's a long form action show in a sequence of tropes it that needs to deliver on its promises and it doesn't yeah yeah okay so b stars i need to finally like ultimately it comes down to some really elemental shit for me in b stars mm-hmm. because a lot of people really fucking love this show thought that they were... i just thought it was so dour and self-serious and melodramatic and thought it was so fucking fascinating and i just could not fucking hold any interests because like at every single fucking point in this show it was just so fucking pregnant with poignancy and oh god i just i couldn't fucking do it i, I just like it was not interesting enough to me the characters were not interesting enough or charming enough it wasn't funny enough all of these fucking things were just not sufficient for me to find the story they were telling to be that amazingly fascinating because it just felt to me like this series was so goddamn in love with itself and you know the the story that it was telling about you know how people interact with one another and its metaphor and its central metaphor and I, I'm not quite going to do the jack-off motion right now, but uh, I just it just didn't fucking work for me. There is a basket of themes in a party where B&A is doing coke in the front room in, on the table. On, like, and B&A, B-Stars in the corner smoking a cigarette looking at everyone else. <laughs> Getting kind of wine drunk and talking shit about other party goers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I would absolutely agree with that assessment. I just... It just wasn't interesting enough. Ultimately, I think I think people were definitely drawn to its um, to its look, uh, and you know to the sort of like minor controversy that uh, that its uh, that its look provoked. But I just do not think that there was anything, or at least enough, going on. Or maybe there was, and I was just too amazingly turned off by its tone because like there there just have to be moments in a fucking show. That are more entertaining than they are meaningful. And I just was never entertained by that show. I just always felt like I should be in awe at its brilliance and the story that it was telling. And I just fucking wasn't. So two quick notes and then one extended note. Mm-hmm. Alright. First off, Apari Ramman. I just still don't have a bad word to say about it's that so show. It's so good. It's so fun. Second fucking note. This awards show doesn't have a movie category. It doesn't. Which is really weird, and uh, I don't know. Twenty twenty one tip there. Ooh, either thrice upon a twi- uh, either thrice upon a time, or people fucking riot. <laughs> Three, uh, going towards Great Pretender. Great Pretender is a good, great show, B plus A minus. But its first season, second that I started it, good times so far. Its first season is gonna be locked into that grade for me. Because there is a choice. In I think that sh- was it. I think it's over after that. Oh, all three of those segments are just the whole of the thing? It's about 24 episodes or so. Oh, maybe you saw the first release and didn't get to see the rest of it. Yeah, okay. Okay, cool. Where first season or release, whatever. Arc of the first eight episodes is my point here. Okay, sure. A, a lot of the show is sort of just sort of dragged down to that grade score slash level by... as a pure plotting thing, maybe even a pure taste thing. But... And I get the idea of just sort of revealing the extent of their skill by having all these people be con artists all along in the drug plot. 
but while maybe good for your what can we describe as con artist power scaling it is a really really dramatically deflating move oh just how and they do it a lot too yeah and it you have to understand that you have to be you have to be careful of that fire because it has the potential to be the crime drama equivalent of it was all a dream yeah I mean, it was done... See, here's the thing. that Everyone's fucking chasing Ocean's Eleven because it was done so fucking perfectly in Ocean's Eleven that everyone wants some of that fire, but it just burns them. It just burns them. Be careful of Prometheus will be my only warning. Okay. Um, out of all these entries, out of all these entries, and I okay, I said my piece about Dora Hedoro. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm just flat out wrong, but I couldn't Light fucking... Light and sound. Call me a boomer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, out of all these entries, yeah, keep your hands off eyes again every fucking day of the week. It, however, however, that being said, my anime of the year was a, like, four minute long music video called Gotcha. Alright, everyone, we're gonna take a little deviation here. By the way, this is also why I think there needs to be a section for shorts and movies, because yes. otherwise you're gonna hit this because whole Because you, 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 you hit this whole fucking thing. No, Gotcha was fucking perfect. It made me cry every time I watched it. Uh, it was, if uh, for anyone who does not know, um, a um, a music video for um, Bump of Chickens single um, Acacia, I believe, or either that or Kaya. I think it's Acacia. Acacia, and it was basically made as a um, as a music video to hype up the release of a fucking Pokemon Sword and Shield DLC, and the whole thing was basically this love letter to the entire Pokemon franchise from its very beginning up to where it is now. Uh, it, it is, you know, just in concept, it basically just tells this, like, one very quick little story about these two trainers who, you know, have lost their respective Pokemon and then find them. And then throughout all of this, it just, uh, th throughout all of this, it, um, it just fucking gives you this macrocosm of the entire Pokemon saga up to then. And sort of a quick panoramic view. Yeah, showing my showing my hand right here. You know, I've been with Pokemon basically since its beginning. Oh, dude! Anyone who watches this show, there's a five. I, I a, have to a imagine. Cycle. Cannot imagine that I'm not alone in this. And uh, just in how fucking beautifully it was animated, the detail that it is given, the efficiency in which it tells its very very simple story. Uh, the, the, like, character that is given to these characters who do not have any dialogue, because, again, it's a music video. Just the amount of personality that each of these four characters, the two trainers and their two Pokemon, mm -hmm. are given. Um, and, and just, like, what a fucking... Just the fucking love that is present in this fucking thing. Nothing like this made me feel this way throughout the entirety of last year in anime. I have to fuck like... I liked it better than Isaac can. I was not fucking expecting that, but here we are. That is a fair place. To, uh, fair place to be. I, I enjoy that. If I, were to, if I were to describe that thing, it's not my anime of the year. I did enjoy. I did enjoy it. Mm -hmm. There should just be a shorts category. Yeah. But the spirit of the thing and what's successful about it reminds me a lot of if you've ever had the luck slash economic circumstances to be in Disneyland slash World. Sure. Yeah. Any of the Fantasmic shows. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, okay. That's the kind of feeling I get. Like, it's basically sort of summing up a generation of creative content. Mm -hmm. 
and the sort of feeling that it evokes and, and exactly it why quick, yeah. why it evokes that feeling too and because... packaging it very quickly and i would say i will always appreciate that kind of yeah absolutely and like to sort of further the sort of disneyland disney world metaphor there is this again and it's not a point against you if you know you've been and you did not feel this or if you think that mm-hmm. i'm you know some fucking cultist for having felt this way <laughs> but no I, you know, like, I, there is a feeling, at least for me, and for, I'm sure, a whole bunch of other people, you know, yeah, going to Disney World, right? Specifically Disney World for me. And just walking down Main Street, USA, and hearing, you know, the fun music playing, and, like, all the fucking street performers, (laughs) and looking at the castle, and looking, you know, past that statue of Walt holding hands with Mickey Mouse at the castle and just have having all of it just sort of be there surrounding you and actually breaking down <laughs> into fucking tears. Uh, you know, having, you know, loved all of the, you know, all of the things that, you know, sort of Disney has done, you know, over the course of my life and way, way before I was even born, right? And by the same token, you know, having loved pokemon as a franchise for my entire life as, as far as you know like media franchises that i've that have been with me my entire life or at least since i was introduced with them i think the only one with more longevity the only two with more longevity in my lives would be looney tunes and star wars like it went looney tunes star wars and then pokemon you know like in 1996 that, like that's so. what that's what's kicking in the core of your heart that's like that's what's like fucking there that's what's been with me since you know the beginning of time so i'm very much revealing my bias right here certainly but this video this like three or four minute long video got so efficiently to the core of what that feeling is and why it exists again both in me and in a lot of other people Mm-hmm. people i know even so i like i'm not just making these people up. <laughs> uh we promise this stuff is real people uh, i i i think that there is something to be said for all of that and i uh i love how and again i love stuff that rewards a rewatch the way that that video does it super rewards a rewatch you can actually go through it like with a fine tooth comb and find a different fun little thing in it every single time. And it'll be something you recognize if, you know, if you've been playing the games or whatever. Like, one thing that I didn't even fucking understand at first, because I had to go through it really, uh, really quickly, or really slowly, rather, was, you know, that one shot kind of early on where they're going past, like, the big panels of people or whatever. And I didn't understand that that was just all the various Pokemon types and all the gym leaders associated with that type. So that was, like... That, that was just kind of a fun little moment right there when I when that clicked. <sighs> anyway. I'm glad you put that personal flavor on that segment of the, of the show, man. This really is a fun Milo when you get past all the bullshit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'll... Oh, by the way, since there are two of us, and I probably should just say, say what I think. In terms of the anime of the year, for 2020 specifically... Mm-hmm. Fucking got him. I'm a I'm a big believer in the pure comedy in a lot of ways, so I thought it was locked because they really hit like that pure level. I think that that format can. And for a long time, for my season, Kaguya-sama was just walking through the House of Lees in Oranishi E's robes, <laughs> celebrating its victory. <laughs> and then there is this sudden shock. The music stops in the main room. And fucking 
Azokid is standing next to <laughs> Azokid is standing next to an armless Apare Ranmon. <laughs> and, just... <laughs> yeah. and it is here to have some words with you. And I fucking adored Isaacin too. Like that's yeah. easily my like the thing that just but it was honestly basically the exact same thing happened to me. And it's a statement, by the way, for Azokin and Kaguya that they actually outpaced Apare for me because Apare is very much in a made-for-me kind of Milu. Sure. Yeah. Like, it's a visually crazy show, strong action tinges. And it's about a race, which is always so much fun. Bob Racer, so, which is just a great framing device. Mm-hmm. Like, I can, I can even get through, like, Rat Race or something. So, for all the other things that have happened lately... In terms of the upper bound, I would call it a strong year for anime. I think it was a very strong year for anime. I think it was a strong year for anime in which Jujutsu Kaisen, which one, is still a show that I could find a bunch of fucking defensible qualities for. Um, it's true. And in a different time, Jujutsu Kaisen even would have been adapted in a format where every beat is stretched out for six episodes. That's true. Yeah. And no matter what you think or don't think of the core material, that style of long-form shonen adaptation is unfucking watchable Well, it, 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 did a, it did a very useful thing, which is I, you know, thought when I was younger, right, and I was watching Bleach and I was watching Naruto, uh, and I thought that the reason why I couldn't fucking stand this anymore is because it dragged out for so long. No, it turns out that if you condense <laughs> all that to just an episode, it still sucks. Because took, took us past that little thousand. Be, because Jujutsu Kaisen is a you know apotheosis of and love letter to a genre that I can I have no better word for than competitive tax filing. <laughs> because that's what it feels like. Uh, Just them, you know, basically explaining to one another all the you know T's they crossed and I's they dotted in order to kick your ass. And then, you know, the fight progresses forward an inch or so. And then a new set of paperwork is then filed. <laughs> you know, they tap their mana. They swing for 12. Someone blocks. Someone, oh, shit. Someone in response to that is going to play an instant, right? And, oh, wait, but in response to that, I'm going to sack my artifact. <laughs> and and that is, that is what it fucking... It, have you ever been present in a room of people who are playing magic the gathering but you're not oh man that is what that is jujutsu kaisen feels like that is what black clover feels like that is what bleach felt like that is what naruto felt like that is why i do not feel like watching boruto it's why i didn't even feel like watching it's why i was so disappointed to learn that jujutsu kaisen was this after all of the hype right because i was hearing all yeah. sorts of people being like Oh shit, guys! And, this is such a fantastic distillation. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's a fucking fan fiction. I agree with a lot of that about the sort of competitive tax filing mentality. Unfortunately, sort of drawn from a artless version of sort of lines that JoJo popularized, at least on the U.S. front. Yeah. You know what's fucking wild? What's that? When I think about like the other pillars of like sort of money-making shonen action. 
Dragon Ball and One Piece aren't really like that. They're like a fucking... The action instead of like a 12-year-old of cocaine and crayons. <laughs> and I think they're better served by that. One Piece, certainly. It's why I did not list that. It's why I did not list that show in, you know, the grand list of shows that I wish weren't like this. Dragon Ball, okay, showing my ass here. Didn't watch it. Didn't it watch has, Dragon Ball Z. It has the strengths and weaknesses that I've laid out sure, to you before. Yeah. It's what it is. <laughs> oh, man, even that sentence going to be some fucking hate mail. Well, here, here's the thing. It, um... Because it was contemporaneous with JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, right? Or at least the original, you know, when he's a kid arcs are. Um, it does not suffer from the comparison as much as all of this other stuff that are very much the children of JoJo, right? Mm. Everything takes forever. It just takes forever, not because they're trying to convince one another that their powers are stronger than another, uh, or then their opponents, it takes forever because they're charging up an attack and people are not <laughs> shutting the fuck up about how they're charging up an attack. I'm gonna do it eventually! Oh my god, he's gonna do it eventually! Anyway, in short, suck it, dragon friends. <laughs> <laughs> we love you. This has been Weeaboo Hell. It is Weeaboo Hell. And this is our coverage of the uh, Crunchyroll Awards business. Have a good one. <laughs>